podcast from Aberdeen Investment Trusts. Hello and welcome to today's podcast on the Dunedin Income Growth Investment Trust. I'm Cherry Raynard and with me today are the Trust Managers Ben Ritchie and Rebecca McLean. We're going to be taking a look back on an eclectic year and asking whether 2023 holds better prospects. So welcome, Ben. Welcome, Rebecca. Um, ben, if we could start with you. Um, there's been a lot for markets to process this year. Um, let's start with the inflation and interest rate environment. And so where do we start the year and kind of where did we finish? Well, certainly we've seen a, a much more um, inflationary environment uh, over the course of 2022 than people expected at the start of it. And you know, interest rate expectations have also increased uh, significantly over the course of the year from the beginning of January through to the end of the year as well. So there's been you know, a marked shift in that. I think inflation expectations long term have probably not moved up that much. I think that's an important thing that the sort of long term uh, inflation expectations of, of people in the UK and, and around the world if you're looking at the surveys haven't significantly increased. I think that's important in terms of anchoring expectations. But we've clearly, clearly seen you know, very high near term inflation numbers. I think uh, CPI, RPI, you know, 13, 14 percent in October. So you know, very, very high levels, the highest levels we've seen since I think, the early 1980s. Um, you know, looking forward, you know, who, who knows how those evolve? You know, we suspect that we've seen the, the worst of it from an inflationary perspective. But I think the key thing then is how, how quickly does it subside and does it get embedded into, into wages and therefore becomes a more sticky part of core CPI, I guess, is the, is the kind of key question. And we'll you know, have to see where that, where that leads us to. Again, interest rates have moved up very sharply uh, over the course of the year, and we've certainly seen bond yields spike around the time of the, uh, the sort of disastrous mini budget. Um, you know, since then, they've, they've, the longer term bond yields have come back quite a long way, but we're still you know, relatively uh, elevated as well. So it's certainly been a marked increase since the since the start of the year. And if you know, if you go back to if you go back to the start of 2021, I think the expectations in the United States for um, interest rate increases in, in 2022 were you know very very modest indeed. So to have seen the you know the Fed raising interest rates by 75 basis points at a time has been has been quite a turnaround. So. Yeah, you know, we'll have to see. I suspect we're we're closer to the end than the beginning of the uh, of the tightening cycle, and inflation is likely to moderate. But I think the key thing really is, you know, where does it where does it level out at? That's that's probably the big the big question for twenty three and beyond. Great. Okay. Thank you. And um, Rebecca, can you talk a bit about um, the impact on on the UK stock market? How that how those big trends have been felt. Certainly. So the FTSE All Share, which is the benchmark, is broadly flat year to date, um, but it has been volatile. And um, the domestic focused FTSE 250 is down 20 percent year to date. So we've seen um, a disconnect between the larger cap FTSE 100 companies, which tend to be um, more defensive um, and energy exposed sectors outperforming the domestically focused FTSE 250. The energy sector has been the standout performer with the sector up 45% year to date. The healthcare sector and utilities, consumer staple sectors are, are broadly flat to up. And the worst performing sectors have been the more UK domestic cyclical sectors like the real estate sector, which is down 30%, and the consumer discretionary sector, the IT sector, both of which are down close to 
So we've seen the market derate in anticipation of a slowdown. Um, so the market has derated about 20% this year. And we've seen quite a sharp style rotation. But most, most notably, that happened at the start of the year. Um, but through the year, we've seen the value style outperform quality and growth. And Ben, how have you managed this environment in the trust? It's really been a kind of a year of two halves, I think, overall. I think the first half of the year, um, particularly the calendar year, was very difficult from a from a relative and absolute performance perspective. Um, and I think our main focus during that time was was really just to focus on the companies which we really like in the portfolio and continue to add to them. So uh, there were, were no additions to the portfolio during the first half of our financial year and the first seven months of the year. Um, uh, and we just continued to slim down the number of holdings and recycle that capital back into existing holdings where we had uh, increasing confidence, either because of changes at the business level uh, or because the valuations have become much more attractive. So we exited out of things like Glaxo and Halion and added capital to things like Unilever um, uh, and added uh, money to things that were underperforming, such as Aveva and London Stock Exchange and uh, other, other companies in that era. And, you know, some pretty good, you know, good quality businesses, with good long term growth that have been sold down in the uh, sort of bond yield uh, driven uh, rotation in the first part of the year. In the second half of the year, Rebecca and I have been looking, you know, continuing to look hard for, for new opportunities. Um, we have a, a long list of, uh, of uh, what we call our watch list of potential ads to the portfolio, but we still very much like what we, what we have. And what we're really looking to do is create uh, tension for capital. And, and it's having those good, new, strong ideas that can allow us ultimately to, to, to improve the, the total return and income growth prospects for the portfolio as we sort of move on from, from some things and, and rotate capital into, into, better, into better ideas. But we tend to do that in a fairly, in a fairly uh, uh, modest way. Um, so additions to the portfolio in the second half have been switching out of Persimmon and adding Taylor Wimpy. So not a different sector, but we added more capital into Taylor Wimpy than we had in Persimmon. So we increased our position overall. And we just felt that Taylor Wimpy uh, was better positioned, uh, hadn't been stretched so much in terms of its margins, uh, has a very, very strong balance sheet, uh, and we thought was more likely to maintain its ordinary dividend. And in more recent times, we've been looking to add companies like Hiscox, the Lloyd's Insurer, and uh, also the general, general insurance business in North America. Uh, and uh, also added Oxford Instruments as well, which is a sort of specialist industrial uh, manufacturer of, of, of high-tech scientific equipment. Um, so we have been adding new names, um, but it's, it's the first half, as I say, very much a focus on what we have. The second half, uh, looking for some of the opportunities. And, and, and I think, as Rebecca said, it's been those domestic cyclicals as well that have been really hit hard uh, over the course of the year. And that's really where we've been adding capital to, mainly to things we already own. Uh, but we've been adding capital to things like Morgan Sindel, Marshalls, uh, adding more to, to Taylor Wimpy. And that's really been as a result of the, of, the, of the decline in the share prices and what we think are quite attractive valuations for the, for the longer term. Although you know, clearly it's going to be a bumpy ride over, over the next few months. Rebecca, um, Ben mentioned the, uh, the mini budget there. And it's, it's obviously been a difficult political year in the UK, to say the least. Um, do you think we're kind of through the worst on that? And has sentiment towards the UK market improved? Yes, I'd highlight the peak uncertainty around the political environment to be around the mini budget towards the end of September. Um, and then the period from there until the autumn statement, I think there was 
know, still a degree of uncertainty. But as we got more clarity around the government situation, that improved. And I'd say that since um, the new government's been, been in place and issued its autumn statement in November, the political situation has stabilised. Um, I'll give some examples. So um, the UK utility sector is a sector which is very sensitive to political uncertainty. Um, and peak uncertainty was around the, the mini budget and concerned around potential windfall tax for that sector. And we do have exposure to that sector. We hold SSE, the utility company. Um, but what we saw from the autumn statement, the Chancellor has now set out what the energy windfall tax will be for the sector. And that has removed an overhang um, and, and provided clarity on that sector, which has been welcomed by the market. So they, they're putting a, an excess levy of 45% on excess profits above £75 per megawatt hour, which is probably slightly better than the market was expecting. But um, but the market really is, feels reassured knowing that that is the level um, and can go and look forward now um, into modelling future profitability of the sector with more clarity given that political overhang has been removed. Ben, it feels a bit unfair to uh, be asking you to make predictions for 2023 when everything feels very uncertain. Um, but there has been some speculation that we might start to move from an environment focused so you know, minutely on interest rates and inflation to one more focused on the relative risks of individual companies. I mean, can, can you see that happening? It's likely that we're going to have less intensive focus on interest rates because I think they're going to get to a point so where the expectations uh, are probably more, more, more balanced today than they, than they were at the start of the year. And, and I think the, the sort of look forward is, I think, to some degree clearer in terms of the, the direction of interest rates and where, where, the, where the market is expected them to go. And I think for 2023, that looks a little bit more, a little bit more settled. So I think providing we see inflation start to moderate the interest rate dynamic develop as, as, as people broadly expect, then I think we will start to see more focus on on, uh, on company specifics. I, I hesitate to say company fundamentals because I think you know, kind of company fundamentals are normally uh, being assessed by, by market participants. But there has been an unusually high emphasis on the on the macroeconomics. I mean, it's rarely been the case in my career that there's been such intense focus on every piece of inflation data, particularly from the United States, um, and every word that's come from the from the Federal Reserve Chairman. Um, so I think, you know, as investors in companies, I think we welcome, you know, more of a focus on on the businesses and, and what they're delivering. Um, and, and, to, and to be honest, that's what we spend our time really worrying about. So, you know, when we look at the portfolio, the things we, we get concerned about are where, where the businesses aren't performing from a from a revenue, profit, cash flow and dividend perspective. And, you know, there are a couple of those in the portfolio. That's where we spend our time primarily focusing. We spend less time worrying about share prices. I mean, that, that's clearly part of it, but, but we don't spend a huge amount of time worrying about that if we think the fundamentals of the business are, are, are fine and the business is performing well. Um, and then the, I suppose the other thing then is the sort of broader market sentiment and, 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 and macro elements, which again, you know, we, we're aware of, but we don't spend too much time uh, thinking about because at the end of the day, they tend to be things that are, you know, somewhat, somewhat unpredictable rather than we feel we have more of an edge when it comes to looking at the, the future prospects for individual individual companies. So long way of saying, very hopeful that we spend less time talking about inflation and more time talking about profits in, in 2023. Okay, thanks. And Rebecca, do you have a central case for 2023? I mean, are you expecting 
a, a severe downturn or, or something a little milder? I think there's a, a range of outcomes and it will depend on the market and the individual subsector. So I'd say that we probably are cautious on the UK consumer um, as we look into 2023, given the cost of living, um, higher mortgage rates um, and interest costs could put a squeeze on some discretionary spend there. Um, similarly, global PMIs are negative and so some of the more cyclical sectors, for example, the industrials, um, have seen their earnings um, remain relatively resilient this year. But looking out to next year, there probably is some um, optimism within forecasts. So we're looking sort of closely um, at the earnings expectations within those cyclical sectors to see how they're going to perform next year. Um, but there are pockets of optimism. And so um, looking at the US, the Inflation Reduction Act is going to support sectors including energy, uh, renewables and healthcare, and that could lead to you know, st stimulus and support for those sectors. Uh, in addition, we're hearing from companies that the nearshoring trend could benefit UK and European companies. Um, and so we're looking to see how companies in our portfolio are positioned in terms of the headwinds and tailwinds which those trends present. But I think taking a step back, you know, we, we've got a, a quality approach and we're looking for companies that can generate cash flows through the cycle. And we think that if we do head into a downturn, the companies which are um, providing essential products and services with strong competitive positions and resilient financials should be well placed to navigate what could be um, an uncertain economic period. And finally, Ben, um, if I could just get a few words from you on how Digit is positioned today, you know, any any notable themes running through the portfolio? We think we're overall pretty well balanced. You know, again, we're sort of dealing with a, a pretty uncertain environment uh, and we want to be able to participate in you know, a range of different market environments. We think we should be you know, fairly resilient if we go into a, a really tricky or even more tricky economic environment. We think the, the earnings power of our companies should be better than the market. We think the balance sheet should be should be more robust. So we would expect the portfolio to be to be more resilient in that environment. It's what we've seen in the past and it's what we would expect in the future. Um, but equally, if we do see uh, you know, investors becoming more confident and more enthused, you know, we do have and have been increasing our exposure to some of those uh, UK mid-cap or, or, or smaller, smaller large-cap domestically focused businesses. So we would hope that we can participate in that. So I think overall trying to strike the right balance, really, if we can uh, have a year where, you know, on the income side, where we're, we're growing sort of mid single digits, that would be, I think that would be pretty good in the environment. You know, and if we if we can do that with the right kind of companies, um, then I know hopefully overall uh, we'll be able to deliver a, a satisfactory uh, outcome to investors. And we'll just be very, very focused on on making sure the companies are delivering. And if we get that bit right, then you know, hopefully share prices will follow and, and everything else will, will will fall into place. OK, we'll wrap up there. Uh, many thanks, Ben and Rebecca, for those insights today. You can find out more about the Trust at www.dunedenincomegrowth.co.uk. And thank you so much for joining us.
This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen. The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections or estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.